Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 closet dwellers and bold move makers. It's time once again for Life Uncloseted. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and today we're going to go a little bit deeper. We're going to go deeper into a lot of things, but mostly we're going to go put on our dancing shoes and go a little bit deeper in love and start looking at things through a slightly different perspective and I've got the pleasure of speaking with an amazing artist that's really doing some cool stuff her name is Kendra Erica she just um, released a new song called a deeper love and here's the thing she's sending a little bit of a message to her own Millennials and a few of us about spreading ourselves too thin searching for approval all the sort of stuff that we get on validation from social media and she really wants us to start looking at things deeper so that we can all be a little bit better humans, no matter what that looks like. So um, I just, I can't wait to have this conversation. This is the first time this young lady and I have met and talked, but I have listened to her music and I can tell you I'm loving it. And I'm really excited to have you here on the show, Kendra. So thanks for joining me. Of course, I, I can't wait to, you know, dive into this subject. Right. That's so cool. That's so cool. So let's really talk about this subject because, you know, when your publicist sent me this stuff, um, I was like, yes, this, this is pretty, pretty right up my alley of like, let's really go unravel some stuff. Let's unwrap this thing. And, you know, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear somebody of your own generation saying, Hmm, I think we're kind of like wrapping ourselves up in this too much approval stuff, folks. And, waiting for the next big social media thing to happen. So what got you thinking in that direction? I mean, I know you're a performer and everything, but what have you seen through your own lens of life that got you thinking, hmm, something's got to change? Well, I've always, I've always had an intuitive, um, you know, grasp on, on things, um, you know, and, and I just see things, like you said, through a different lens and I see things for, what they are, even, even if I might not like what I'm, what I'm seeing, it's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the, the truth. And I don't like dwell on it. Right. I just try to find the solutions. And my solution was to, you know, really enlighten people on, on the fact that we are spreading ourselves too thin. And, you know, even when we're together with people that truly matter and that have like valued our growth and everything like that, we, we tend to, you know, sort of put that off to the side and we, and then we put our focus on, you know, matters of, you know, matters not of the, of the heart anymore. Mm -hmm. Of the, of the, you know, approval and the external validation. Um, and but that that all comes with the the influences that we surround ourselves with. I mean, our our influencers now are doing just that, and so yeah. it just becomes this wheel. And you know, without without sounding too too much like Denarius, I mean, it's like I wanted to break the wheel. Right. 
Right. And that makes sense. I think, I think a lot of us, myself included, I'm, I'm going to be 56 this year. And because of what I do in my business, there's a lot of social media interaction that I get involved in. And then there are times, and actually I'm going to really roll back. I was actually certified as a social media expert clear back in 2005, 2006, when this, all this stuff was just really beginning to like, Hmm, what is this? And why are we doing this? And all that sort of stuff. And yeah. even with that insight, I saw myself going, oh, well, I got to be on here. I got to be doing this. And even, you know, each day that I'm, you know, in my current life, I have to give myself permission to go, you're not going to look at this. You're going to set this aside. You're going to do what matters most and you're not going to get caught up. Now, of course, I, I'm human, so I'm going to fuck it up every once in a while and get caught up in it. But I think this is a beautiful realization that you are bringing into the world with your talent, your art, your way of expressing yourself to help people see this. And I just, I hope people can really hear the words and really understand what you're trying to get at. And I know a lot of this was driven by, here comes this Me Too movement thing. And then suddenly, as many of us do, we suddenly see nobody's respecting anybody anymore. <laughs> Everybody's kind of like, you're wrong, I'm right, and kind of go fuck you. So yeah. as you were writing this music, what was the driver for you? What was like, what is that thing you want people to walk away from this song and really take home with them or take into their own hearts? I think, and it's, it's uh, clear as day in the, uh, in the lyrics. I mean, I say, um, restore the balance of your ways. I mean, because, because right now, like, like you said, everyone has, no one's really, you know, nice anymore. Everyone's being like really mean to each other. I think, um, there's, although, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, the, the public figures out there are, are putting this whole like one love and let's love each other. It's very, it's very place, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not as, you know, driven in, in, into people and not that it needs any like driving sort of like force or like, or anything like that. It just needs to be felt more and needs to, you know, get well, it needs to be genuine, I think is what you're getting. It's got to be, we can't just say this words, you know, I, I know for me, every time I hear thoughts and prayers, I just want to like puke. It's like, okay, do you really mean that? Or is this just become the latest thing that we just say, because this is what we think we're supposed to say. And I, I feel like we are losing that ability to be truly genuine and sincere in the things that we say and our actions that we do. Exactly. And, and even, you know, steering, steering this more towards the, the Me Too movement, I mean, there are, there are people that really and truly do qualify for this. And, you know, I, <laughs> funny enough, like I genuinely send, you know, good you know, good, uh, you know, energy and, and, and vibes to them to, to, you know, become more of a survivor and get stronger from this, um, because they really truly deserve it. I mean, it's, it's all a matter of, it's, it's their, it's their, it's their karma to, yeah. to rise out of this. Um, but when it comes to, when it comes to people, getting too wrapped up in the emotional side of, of it and not thinking logically. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we have, we have women that, you know, get cat calls on the streets and all of a sudden they're like taking those construction workers to court. Right. Like it, it, it just becomes more of a, it's, 
it's a it's a vicious uh, combination between ego and emotion. Yeah, yep. you know, it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I I speak on college and university campuses, and last year I was working with a college um, in Washington. And we were talking about having me come and do my <clears throat> um, men and masculinity in a Me Too world talk with them. And, and so as we're working through the talk, and it's, it's a pretty standard talk, but one of the leaders who was bringing me in, these are all student, these are all students. They're not like the faculty. One of the student leaders that had called me and her and I had created the relationship, she said, but here's the thing, Rick. I just want to make sure that when this, when you do your talk and you do the, some of the training stuff and you give us the tools, that you make it really clear that we're on the guy's side too, because this isn't all guys. This isn't every man's a piece of shit. It's let's be realistic how we approach this and let's not take every little thing that somebody's doing. And ironically, my husband and I were just having this conversation a couple of days ago because I feel like at this stage, I'm even, I'm even cautious to give a woman a hug these days. And sometimes those are women that I really know really well. And then there's other times they're, they're kind of acquaintances and they're like, yeah, we have fun, we chat and everything, but I'm almost afraid to like do certain things because I don't know if that's going to come back. And I'm not sure this is the most healthy environment for any of us to be living in. Yeah, it just, it creates an eggshell floor. Um, and, uh, you know, and being that women are the masters of letting our emotions run wild and we create so many different scenarios in our head and you know we we fantasize a lot but there there comes a time and it's like when push comes to shove that that certain certain inconsistencies are starting to really affect human beings and when i mean human beings i mean like all parties involved mm -hmm. it, becomes, it just becomes a, a sicky and, and messy situation i mean we have men like losing their their families, their jobs, like everything, everything that they've built for themselves. Um, and so, and this is me not taking that side at all. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very Switzerland when it comes to, to certain, you know, political movements and where there's, a, where there's, you know, two sides, which I think is like the biggest mistake our country could do right now is is marginalize everything to where everything has to be so divided. Yep. Um, but there just needs to be a mutual understanding when it comes to everything. Um, that's well, I, I feel like we're losing sight of, and you know, this, I'm glad we're having this conversation because this is one of the tough spaces I get into a lot on this show is there's room for everybody to have their perspective and to live life their way, and this is where I always get in trouble, mm -hmm. provided they're not hurting someone. And I've had hate mail come to me because of the, I said, well, define hurting. I'm like, okay, do I really have to spell this out? Do I really have to spell this out? Like, as long as you're not murdering someone or, or like, you know, mentally torturing someone, but we have to be very careful that even in those spaces, it's like, I know as a gay man, there are times that I can feel that torture, even though I know kind of that's not what they're doing. It's just they're in their own space and their own belief. And I'm all for people having their own beliefs, but you have to look at it from, are you actually being a good human when you hold to that belief so strongly that it hurts somebody else? 
and I want people to have room to be who they are, but I'm not here with a gay agenda. And I hate that terminology when it comes up. I'm here to live my life and I happen to be gay. That's it. It's that simple. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is, yes, have your own space and have your own belief system, but also give that room for other people to have the same rights and the same experience. Yes, because everyone comes from all different walks of life. Everyone has not gone down the same path. Mm -hmm. um, everyone has, like, there are, there are so many different roads out there that people have gone down to achieve what they've achieved and, and come to certain conclusions and everything like that. But like you said, it's a matter of, of respecting and it's also a matter of listening too. Because when you, when you, when you think about it, the there, there's a reason why that, why the saying um, we've been given two ears and one mouth, I think there's, there's a reason why that saying has stood the test of time mm -hmm. because when it stands the test of time, that means that time and time again, like time has not affected its, um, its, its, its truth and its So I'm curious for you as an artist, <clears throat> and I, I've interviewed a lot of different singer songwriters on this podcast, each of them coming from their own beautiful perspective of what it means to live their life on their terms or, you know, taking the crazy, <laughs> crazy risks that they do to be, make a really bold move and do the thing they most want to do. Do you ever get anybody saying, okay, nice messages, but do you really think anybody's going to get the message when they're out there and it's a dance beat and they're dancing on the dance floor? Have you ever had anybody say something like that to you? Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> like it's, well, being in dance music and pop music and music in, in like mainstream, I don't know if my music is like considered like mainstream, but um, it's it's close to it, but anything within that that pool, of course, you're you're gonna get people that are that are just all about just like that surface thing. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's, but at the same time, like I see I see people diving in more to to read the the lyrics and to understand mm -hmm. them and to and to you know. Uh, capture them and, and and share it. So I I see that there that there is a sort of like shift happening. Mm -hmm. So I I just wanted to make sure that I you know saw tense uh, you know uh, ten steps down the line and and be a part of that. <laughs> right. Well, what I see you doing, uh, and I know you've done some <clears throat> some remakes and stuff of some other people's, like Laura Branigan's classic song, The Self-Control and stuff. But what I love with this stuff that you're doing that's your own is you're, you're building the foundation. You're giving, you're setting the, the, the precedence for where you're going to go and let your message carry on ahead of you. And I know a lot of artists do that, but I almost feel like after listening to your song, listening to Deeper Love and really like stepping down into that with you, I could feel like, okay, she's paving the way so that she can continue to almost become this evangelist through her music about things that really matter. That was my personal take and maybe that's not what is happening, but it just, it felt that way for me. And I think if people can do that, and I know music affects all of us in different ways, but if people can just take that in and really do what you said, start looking at the lyrics. Yes, I love, not as much as I used to, but yeah, I love dancing out on the dance floor and just being 
in the music, but I still remember the day that I was, um, I was on an all gay cruise mm -hmm. and it was a dance, you know, we were all dancing, having a good time. And then suddenly I heard the dance version of Heather Small's Proud. And I'm like, that's actually the song from, um, I know, I can't remember. Well, it's, it's been a song on many, many shows. It was, it's been on several different gay shows. And I'm like, those words are the ones that spoke to me. Those words are the ones that always give me that, that moving forward. And it's interesting because that song is now a song that I use anytime I go speak on stage. It's either my intro music or my outro music. And in the midst of being on that dance floor on that cruise ship, I heard every word of that song because it, it was deep in me at that point. Prior to that, I just loved the song. I loved the beat. I loved, and then suddenly it was so weird. I was, you know, I was surrounded by a couple thousand gay men dancing on the top deck of a ship. I actually heard the words and it was just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you go from here? What it, I mean, I know you, so just so you all know, we had a little conversation about this before we got on, on the podcast and we're airing it. And I'm like, so, you know, where are we going? Cause we're pre-recording this and you know, this yeah. is going to come out for a couple of months. But when I'm asking where you go from here, I know your life's kind of crazy and you're just like, okay, I'm just doing day to day right now to figure it out. But if you could really say, here's where I want to see myself go from here, what would be that little magic wand you would wave and what would it look like? Well, I, I've always enjoyed traveling and doing what I love while traveling because I feel like, like I said, I feel, I feel more um, that there's m m uh, momentum being uh, generated. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I cannot, I can't stand being stagnant because that's when like my mind like attacks itself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, get out, get out. Right. <laughs> But I, yeah, just I'm constantly writing. I'm constantly, you know, letting letting things ins inspire me and allowing for the world just to open up to me, and I'm and vice versa because it's it's it, you know it takes two to tango in this certain mm -hmm. situation. So I um yeah, just constantly writing, constantly you know traveling. Um, so let me ask you this. What's a, what's a message right now? I know I'm putting you on the spot with this question, but what's a message right now that you feel like the world needs to hear that they're not hearing? To just listen. Mm. <laughs> just start listening to everything that you hear. Um, mm. And listen very intently and listen very carefully to everything that, that you're being presented. And, and, when I say listen, I mean like actually listen, like don't mm -hmm. just listen, you know, from, you know, the, the first tier, but listen to the second tier, the, the third tier, like all the way down to the core of the, of the message and where, and where that message is, is really headed to, is it headed to, you know, a good place or is it just headed to a place of, you know, agenda and, you know, self gain and, and, you know, all around selfishness. Um, does it have a social redeeming factor to it? This is really interesting because I'm working on a speech, currently working on a speech that will have happened by the time this show airs. But I was working with my speech coach last weekend on this. And she said almost verbatim what you just said. <laughs> Rick, and, I, and she knows I speak all the time. She goes, 
I really want you to be intentional with what you're going to say. Yes. Because I want you, because she goes, I know you can do this. I've seen you do it. That she goes, this time I want you to go really, really deep into the intention. Because this, this isn't about you. And I said, yeah, I know it's not about me. It's never about me on stage. She goes, yes, I know you get that. But I think this is your time to really be intentional and to help people hear. And so it's kind of ironic that I'm sitting here listening to you say those words. And it's almost like the universe just delivered that message once again. And I think it's a beautiful message for all of us to step out of our way and step out of our social media and intentionally listen to one another. Doesn't mean we have to like what the other person says. Doesn't mean we have to agree with the other person, but listen with intention. Listen with intention. Exactly. And you know, that's why whenever I write, I like to be as thought provoking as possible. Um, and being that, you know, my, my father's an attorney, he always taught me word choice, word choice, word choice, like word choice is everything, how you say it, like where you say it, timing, um, the delivery. Um, and that all in, encapsulates, um, you know, why I, I, I choose music as, as my platform because currently right now, um, people are being fed junk food. Sorry to say. Um, there's not much nourishment, um, because nutrition is not all about like what you eat. Um, it's about what you feed yourself. Um, and I can, and I can tell you this right now. I've experimented on myself. I've gone, I've gone for weeks watching, reality TV and I felt my IQ get lower and lower and lower to the point where I couldn't formulate words anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it got scary. Um, and so then I just started watching more, you know, uh, more uh, documentaries, more, more movies, more mm-hmm. like anything with, with character development and understanding and story arcs. Um, with like actual story arcs um, that that are you know majestically re- relatable to to the human soul, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. psyche and mind. Yep. Um, there's a reason why people you know are so wrapped up in Game of Thrones is because of that. Yep. Um, I mean the the theories are just like so endless. I'm like I'm even still confused. <laughs> You know, I think I think even the the, the most uh, you know, like the, the the favorite fanatic is like is still confused. But yeah. but um, without digressing or going on a tangent, it's nourishment is is what we feed every single you know orifice of our um, of our beings. Mm-hmm. And I think people miss that piece. I'm so glad. Okay. So you're like much younger than I am. You're right in that millennial space. And I'm like, okay, this young gal is amazing to listen to not only music, but just your philosophies because we get in such habits and I'm confessing to this a little bit myself too. We get in such habits of, okay, we're just going to eat this. We're just going to watch this. We're just going to read this. And then suddenly that's just where we are. We're on the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, and it's so, and I've watched myself over the last few months because we don't have kids at home any longer. My husband and I, our kids are both out college. One's in college, one's already out of college. And so it's just the two of us. And so 
we enjoy our little bit of, you know, news in the evening and then a show, maybe two shows if we feel like it. But what I noticed in the last week is both of us sit down, we flip on the TV, and then we both grab our phones and we're, you know, the TV's on, the show's playing, but we're also looking at our shows. I mean, mm. looking at our stuff on our phones. And last night it really hit me. It's like, well, if this is what we're going to do, <laughs> why do we even have the TV on? Now, I know for me, I, I'm kind of multi, I can do that whole, you know, I can do multi things at multitasking because I can watch a show I, yeah. and I can be doing something else at the same time. And my husband's kind of like, do you even remember what the show was about? Yeah, I can like pretty much verbatim say, yeah, this happened here and this happened here and, you know, da, 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 da. But I got to thinking about it last night going, maybe I need to just like shake things up here and for a night not do this and for a night go do something else and take a book and go sit and literally like read a book. Don't read it on my iPad, <laughs> read a book, hold it in my hands and read a book. And I think what you're coming forward with is this other piece of this deeper love stuff of looking at things through so many different lenses with intention, whether it be other people, but also what I kind of drew from what you just said, Kendra was looking at, what's that deeper love of self you can have as well? Because sometimes we miss that. And that's a huge thing for us to miss as human beings. Of, of course. Um, and and that's, that's where I, I want to really improve the entertainment aspect of, of our society because um, in conjunction with what I said about nourishment, um, our current entertainment, you know, conglomerates are really making society feel insecure about themselves right and so no one is no one feels um no one feels you know good enough or or you know hot enough or smart enough or or anything enough mm. like it's never it's never enough right and so you know having that that entertainment platform is is very crucial because fame is a responsibility uh -huh. It truly is. I, I mean, like you're, you're impacting, you know, masses of people and, yep. and sorry to say, but a lot of people aren't, aren't on their, you know, their ninth rodeo in, in this world. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are still, you know, in that, in that, in that search to find who they are. Um, and when you're impacting those people, what tends to happen is that you get people that are looking to you for, you know, for answers. Yep. So when you're giving them the answer of, oh, I'm superior, then it just creates a, it, it just spins everything out of control and making people feel inferior. And so therefore everyone's on this rat race to become, you know, famous, you know, rich. And mm -hmm. it's really unfortunate that a lot of our songs out there are all about, you know, money, you know, sex, drugs, yep. and it's, there, there's, and it's really, there's not much social redemption happening. And that's where, that's where I come in. Yeah. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing that that's where you come in. So, um, so as we wrap it up here, Kendra, first of all, congrats on all the success. I love the song. We're going to have the song up on the show page for the podcast. Um, you're talking to kind of your generation a lot, but I think other people are hearing this too. And if you could like leave one last bit of inspiration for anybody who's listening, it doesn't matter what their age is, 
you're looking at this through such a beautiful younger set of eyes. What would you like to leave them with as some encouragement?